We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here, sitting in studio with David Niles. We got Juan on the buttons this evening. Thank you, Juan, for being here, keeping us in check, uh, which is sometimes a little scary, but here we are. Memento Moris. What'd you say? <laughs> he said Memento Moris. Oh, okay. I'm not sure there's supposed to be an S at the end. But that is what but he said. We pluralized it. Okay, that's yeah. for all of them. Remember all your deaths. For, for yeah. all <laughs> <laughs> we just continue. Dying. All y'all remember. Your yeah, exactly. <laughs> all y'all. <laughs> we are in Oklahoma. Yeah, <laughs> we got Jim at the door. Thank you, Jim, for being here. Jim uh, helps us uh, ship all of our swag and all of our Patreon thank you gifts. He keeps us in check that way. And we have a very special guest this evening. We're really excited to have you on. I I got a chance to meet you. Just a few weeks, or what, a month and a half ago or so. Uh, Father Patrick Briscoe from the Dominican House of Studies, also famous for, for being on God's Planning Podcast, something that we've promoted several times on the show, but great, great to have you here. Thank you. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to be here. So real quick, before we get into our topic, before we even get into our drink, there's a couple questions that I asked uh, our patrons to, to ask you. Ooh, and so Gage, Gage asked me, or he, he, he posted, he said, what is your advice for a guy who's trying to read the Summa, but doesn't have any like theological or philosophical background? It's getting a little heavy. Like, what's an entry level? Meaning, would you start with book one? Would you go to the second part of the second part? Is there some other text that would be good entry point? Masters in theology. <laughs> well, I know this school in Washington D.C. called the Dominican House of Studies, where there are a lot of okay. guys who teach this. <laughs> But short of that, uh, no, the, the place that I often encourage people to start with, if you want to read St. Thomas and you say, like, well, I'm not, I'm not really sure uh, what this guy is about, the best thing to read is his commentary on the three greatest prayers. And this is published by Sophia Press. It's available online in a couple different places uh, for free. And that's Aquinas' commentary on the Our Father, the Hail Mary, and the Creed. And in that, you're going to get a sense for who Aquinas is, and you're going to find out a lot of his doctrinal meat, where he stands on a lot of things. And that's really accessible because most adult Catholics have heard of those things, the Our Father, the Hail yeah. Mary. I, I the hope. Creed. Right, oh, yeah. right, right. Well, but it's 2022. Sure. You know, so, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so you never know what's out there. Um, so that's, a, that's actually a really great place to start. And that little work is often overlooked. Um, so I, I think that's a really good entree for Aquinas. Now, but if you do say, okay, well, I, I want to take a stab at the Summa, the thing to do, I believe, is to start with the virtues. Um, to start with the virtues. Um, so you can look at faith, hope, and charity, or to go with uh, to go with the other cardinal moral virtues. Fortitude's a good one for a lot of guys. Temperance, right? Pretty, pretty straightforward. It's going to map onto a lot of things discussed here on this show, a lot of things experienced in life. So, so that that's really a great place to start, um, the Treatise on the Virtues. Now... When you read St. Thomas, I'll say this too, just real quick. The best thing to do when you're reading the Summa is to to open up to a particular question, right? Pick one of the articles and then go halfway down the article. 
Yeah, and skip. Yeah, skip to the start. I, I start where he says, "I answer that." Yeah, right. <laughs> because what he's doing, right? As as you guys know, in the Summa, he's a master of debate. So he's looking at opposing positions first. He's putting the strongest arguments against whatever he can say first, and that can be really confusing. Mm-hmm. If he steel mans everything before exactly. he breaks it down. That's right. That's that's a great way to say that. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not straw man. Right. No, it's like an actual tough guy argument. No, that's yeah. Great. Yeah. Why didn't I think of that? Steel man. He didn't make it up. I, did, I definitely did not make that up. I'm, I, I'm well, sure. I was ready to give Adam a lot of credit for that. No, I I don't, don't do that. I made it up. Nice. <laughs> yeah, David. Yeah, trademark. TM. You can, you can give it to me. But no, I'll take it. So, uh, so I, so I, I would encourage you to do that. Go into, go into the, to the questions on the virtues. The other great place. Now, the Summa is structured in three books uh however book two has a part one and a part two so you have the first part of the second part and the second part of the second part which seems a little insane why aren't there four parts i don't know i didn't do it but when you when you go to the third part which is technically the fourth part uh when you go to the third part you can get to a little section about jesus that's really beautiful exactly Uh, so a big amen to the lord and savior um and those those questions about the mysteries of the Lord's life are really phenomenal, and that's where Aquinas asks stuff like, "What's the purpose of the mystery? What, what's the purpose of the miracles that Jesus is working? Uh, what was the nature of the Lord's teaching?" Which you can just feel how how poignant that is to Thomas Aquinas, a man who gave himself to teaching. Right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. He's asking like the nature of the Lord's teaching, what it meant to be a teacher. Was Jesus the best teacher? How did he teach? You know. So so those are really important questions for Aquinas. Why didn't Jesus write a book? Mm. That's in that section. Mm. Um, you get in that section about Christ, the mysteries of Christ's life, again, kind of the middle of the third part, you get the explanation of the passion, which is really beautiful. Why was it necessary for for Christ to die on the cross? Was it necessary for Christ to die on the cross? Aquinas has some nuanced things to say about that. Um, and then he he treats the passion in a way that that's just very, very overpowering, very moving, very beautiful. So that would be another great place to start. So either the virtues um, in the second part of the second part, mm-hmm. or those questions on the mysteries of the life of Christ in the third part, which is really the fourth part. What would what what about um, reading people who are sort of like very Aquinas esque? Um, Thomas. Th- Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, there's a word for I that. Was, I yeah, know. I was saying, yeah, like, excellent. I was like mm, trying to right. say that. It's like. Mm. I'll just say it this way. Yeah. Uh, but like, uh, we're a big fan of the Peepster on this nice. show. Sure. Uh, you know, people yeah. like him who are very Thomistic. Yep. Uh, what are some other uh, other good, good people like that? To me, they're just a little easier to approach. Peep, the Peepster is still kind of heavy, but um, <laughs> what about good. other people like There's that? There's another little book. Um, it's very small. Uh, you, may, you may have seen the red cover one, the confraternity, published by the confraternity of the Precious Blood, that... That has daily prayers, but but there's a little green volume. It's pocket size, and it's called My Way of Life, mm-hmm. and that is a kind of poetic, more poetic summary of the Summa. Hmm. That's an excellent little book okay. for someone that's interested in Saint Thomas that wants the Summa, but needs something that's just a little bit more accessible. My Way of Life. Mm-hmm. So that's that's very affordable. That's kind of like a Catholic classic. That's excellent. If you want, um, if you want some big boy medicine that's going to lay you out, uh, Father Thomas Joseph White, who's a yes. priest in my province, he's the president of the Angelicum. It's actually a much better title than that. He's technically the Rector Magnificus Ooh. of the University of Saint Thomas so Aquinas in Urbe. 
with that and just start hanging him out like candy. Like, yeah, the best part. The best part of that is that he's a little guy, and that's a big title. So yeah. you know, the, so the rector, <laughs> the rector magnificus is about five feet tall. So. His his eight part series on the Eucharist is phenomenal. Yeah. It was awesome. absolutely amazing. So yeah. he's got a book out called um, "The Light of Christ," published by Catholic University Press. Okay, um, which is about all the central mysteries of the faith. Uh, but from a very Thomistic perspective. Mm-hmm. That's an excellent Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, also, yeah, I, I got to throw out uh, uh, Father Gary Goulagrange. I got to throw him the, out. Oh, the caribou? On. Yeah, the caribou. Yeah, I got to throw him out. Yeah, <laughs> The caribou Lagrange? Is that what he's called? <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what I it's call like, him. Oh, I, I didn't know that. You could buy that at Caribou Coffee out here? Yeah. caribou <laughs> <laughs> there? Wow. We actually went through uh, Thomistic Commons. Some of our patrons, we did, we did a uh, book study on Thomistic Common Sense, which oh, was excellent. some of his yeah, writing, which good. was really, really good. So uh, I got to throw him out there as well. Jacques Maritain was, is another uh Good one. Yeah, Garrigo's last writings is excellent too for someone that wants mm-hmm. kind of a survey that that's just a little a little bit of a heavy taste into uh, the, the mysteries of the faith. That's an ec- that's a very excellent book. Mm-hmm. Um, his his stuff on grace is is, is awesome. I think mm-hmm. I, I we have a friend here in town who um, recently had a son wanted to name the middle name Garrigo. Fantastic. Did, didn't have enough chips. Fantastic. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, didn't you know, have enough chips. There's always Reginald. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Just go with yeah, Reggie. Yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah. Those those are some good answers. Okay. So, uh, are there any other questions that you needed to get to? No. I, well, there are, but I wanted maybe, to just maybe like, later. I thought that was mm. a good uh good starting good start. Sure. Okay. Good let's talk about point. the whiskey then briefly. Yeah. Tell uh, us what it is because it's super good. Yeah. So it's um it's uh Kings County Distillery straight bourbon whiskey, forty five percent ABV. It is New York City's oldest whiskey distillery. Um. About eighty percent corn, twenty percent malt, three three years aged or more, um, and it it's was, delicious. It was so nice for you to offer to send me home with that, Adam. <laughs> yeah, I, was just, I was over hey, when you said I, that. I, I was overwhelmed. Uh, I, I'm going to have to send it to you as a thank you, or, or as a thank you, and then also like as a as a gift of of um, uh, hoping that uh, Father Vince will be kind enough to let us. Uh, <laughs> send you back and actually be able to get into the rectory. Open the door. Yeah. Open so the door for the rectory to tonight. Sleep tonight. I do have Please. a guest bedroom here, so I, uh, as if I haven't slept on a city street by myself <laughs> before. Oh my so okay, uh, one of the things, Father, that, that you know, people if you're going to do that, you're definitely going to need the whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we only have about two minutes left, but some some people kind of get taken back whenever we are drinking on air. Maybe we could. This mm. is kind of a good maybe broach into the topic actually as well like why is it, it what are your thoughts on alcohol and being able to drink and kind of give it to you there well it said that aquinas suggests that there are simple cures for sorrow he suggests taking a hot bath he suggests studying sacred truth mm-hmm. because sacred truth is mm-hmm. consoling in that way he suggests a glass of red wine that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So uh, we we shouldn't be afraid of enjoying things in life uh, as a kind of consolation on this side of eternity. Being a pilgrim, being a being a person on the way, doesn't mean that the whole trip has to be a veil of tears. <laughs> there right. can be things that we can do along the way that are enjoyable. So uh, insofar as alcohol is ordered towards fraternity, towards good conversation, used in moderation, all those things are are, are very edifying and entirely consonant with our journey on the way to heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we're going to talk about leisure this evening. Pumped Let's about go. that. So uh, we're here with Father Patrick Briscoe from the Dominican House of Studies, also host of God's Plan and Go. Subscribe to that podcast right now. Uh, we'll be right back.
A relationship with God requires time. And we're not talking about time to just sit and talk at him or sit in church making mental grocery lists. We're talking about time to build a consistent, honest relationship. Time to speak and time to listen. Whether you want to pray a holy hour or hit up adoration once a week, we have a guide from the makers of Exodus 90 specifically about making a holy hour. You can download your mobile-friendly guide by going to exodus90.com slash TCMS for the Catholic Man Show. Exodus90.com slash TCMS will send you a free mobile-friendly guide on how to make a holy hour. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. Special guest, Father Patrick Briscoe, Dominican. OP. 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 What are preachers? Priest of God. Thank you, thank you for being here, Father. My pleasure. So, uh, we're going to be talking about leisure today. Um, something that our culture totally doesn't understand. Um, it just, just, it just, just misses it completely. Well, it's all about Netflix. That's right. That's what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, that's the, what leisure like, is. The it's leisure Netflix. that the culture does and try YouTube. to have is totally disordered, <laughs> and then it's like attitude towards resting is also just completely backwards. Mm-hmm. You know, we we rest so we can go back to work instead of working so that we can rest. What is like the essence of leisure? Well, like, where do you like just at its most basic? What is it? Let's start there. So what I would give you, based on the fact that we talk about this kind of stuff over God's planning all the time, leisure is the kind of thing that orders life towards contemplation. Okay. Leisure is the sort of thing that makes it possible to bear that further consideration of the truth. So le- so leisure is a kind of unwinding and opening up of the heart, creating a space in life such that there can be that time for deeper reflection, that time for, for, for real prayer that, prayer, that time for union with God that we call contemplation. That's where I would start. And, uh, and at for, first, that's a big claim because it might not seem related, but... Right, and for those who may not understand what contemplation is, let's define that word. Oh, good, yeah, that's a, that's a tough word. By contemplation, I just mean what most people mean by prayer. I mean lifting up the mind and heart to God. Okay. Okay. Uh, now, for a Dominican, uh, this is intimately related to our study of sacred truth. So contemplation is fed by reading, it's fed by study. Um, those things, study, you know, is really more of an, more of an active, uh, aggressive act, whereas le- leisure, reading for leisure might be more relaxing, right? But, but both, both reading and study uh, are ordered towards thinking about truths, thinking about sacred truth in a way that, uh, that's different from how we live the rest of our lives um, and leading us up to, to again, that, that union with God, that thinking about God, that raising up of the heart and mind to God. You know, I think that all of the arts are really kind of ordered towards contemplation, right? Uh, the things we read, you know, they make us think. I, I, one of the things I really, like, really bums me out is that uh, plays, what you might call now movies, people used to go to plays, now people mm-hmm. go to movies, have just totally lost that focus and, that you know, that... Uh, the, that realization of what they could be. Because, you know, some of the things that have really made me think the most have been in a movie. It's mm. like, oh, hmm. You know, there's like a good scene in a movie 
Okay, for instance, I saw Maverick this last weekend. I'm late to the game. I just Where saw have you it. Been? I just saw it. Adam still won't see <laughs> it. I tried to well, get him I to it. I, it's not that I won't see it. It's I just haven't had I just have not and had there's a, a scene in there where I, uh, I want to see Tom it. Cruise is talking about he tried to be like a father to Goose's son. Uh, you know, this not, not not there's not a spoiler alert. <laughs> but and he said he says like I tried to be a father to him. I just wish I could have done it better. Mm-hmm. And you know, as a father, like that hit me really hard because I have days where I feel like that. You know, like man, I am such a boring dad. I'm a no dad a lot of times. Like, mm-hmm. can we do this? No, no, we can't do that. We're not doing that. No, we're going to bed. Put you know? that down. Right, Don't exactly. Do that. Stop that. Yeah, uh, get that out of your mouth. So, like, there's just things <laughs> about movies. Really, all the arts I think have this ability to lend itself towards you know that leisurely contemplation. Um, it's something that hopefully. Hopefully, all of the arts will get back to because obviously, like a, a you know painting, you know, there's something you know very contemplative about a good, you know, good artwork. Um, obviously, books. But right. And what, what we're talking about leisure, I mean, we're we're talking about something that's very directly countercultural. You know, for us mm-hmm. as men today, in America in 2022, right? What what's the line that we're being fed all the time? You've got to be working. And if you're not working, you have to be having the most hardcore experience possible. Mm-hmm. You know, something something mm-hmm. that that will either make your wife happy and is content for her Instagram, so she can sell beauty products or whatever women do right. on those things. Um, wear wear and, yoga pants all the time. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so so it's either something that fuels that, or it's something something that is that is further productive. You know, you're like learning a skill. Mm. Uh, or something you're le- you're learning how to do something so th- so that's kind of like the the back to roots uh, manliness movement too which is which is fine but learning a skill is not leisure either that's just more busyness mm-hmm. that clouds or adds to all of the stresses and pressures of life so so what I what I want to go in hard on is that that all of us need more leisure now you guys have probably heard about the the example from the marriage and family therapist that the man's brain is like a waffle. You've heard this, yes, nice yeah, boxes, yeah, 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 yeah nice exactly. Boxes. Yeah. It's like yep. the classic box. Right. And what's the box in the middle? You remember? I don't know. Uh, is, I it, don't, is it nothing? Remember. It's nothing. There's yeah. a there's a box in the man waffle brain, right? That is just for for nothing. Nothing. <laughs> And it's amazing. It's the, it's the best box. It's the <laughs> best box, and it really exists, right? And you, you know, you, and this comes out, right? This is experience a, a lot of men have, where their wife or girlfriend asks them, "What are you thinking about?" And you say, "Nothing." Nothing. And they don't believe you, right? No. <laughs> because there's not a nothing box. Fine, fine. Don't tell me. Yeah, fine. Ex- whatever. Exactly. <laughs> they resent you. You know, like, but you at least do the like dishes. You've deceived yeah. them. <laughs> no, but there's a nothing box. And for men, the nothing box is very important. The nothing box has to be fed, and it's fed by the acts that we call leisure. Um, that are the, the that are those acts of relaxation that are, that are not some kind of like narrow or, or sort of limp wristed uh, self pampering or self care. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the kind of truly restorative acts that help you to come to know yourself better. Okay, so what are things that I propose? For leisure, well, one, I propose men smoking cigars together. Yeah, I think this is very important. I have done with Father Briscoe. Nice, (laughs) (laughs) excellent. (laughs) Uh It it was one of the more edifying moments of the that that conference. (laughs) 
conference <laughs> or that yeah a conference that wasn't named um yeah. <laughs> so the so the, <laughs> in a place which shall not be mentioned that's right it definitely wasn't in portland um, <laughs> but the uh no the the thing that's very important is that because that provides an opportunity when you're doing a, an activity that's relaxing for just conversation to just chat mm-hmm. to unburden yourself to think a little critically, you know, to have a buddy push back on this, that, or idea, to just float something that you've been kind of thinking about, to try it, to test it. I, one of the great losses I think that we've seen is the the death of men's social clubs, or even like the regular the regular trip to the bar. Mm-hmm. As the suburbs have expanded, neighborhood bars have died. You know, this is a phenomenon that still exists in, in New England a little bit, which is great. You know, I, mm-hmm. I enjoyed that when I was assigned in Providence. I enjoyed our neighborhood bar very much. I joked with my parishioners that my spiritual director was Sister Mary Regina. Uh, the bartender's name was Gina. <laughs> uh, she was not. I had a real confessor. Okay, don't be too scandalized. But um, but the, but there 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 was a kind of remnant of of that kind of culture. And what was important about the bar not not the drinking, but the kind of conversation, the kind of leisurely enjoyment, the kind of unwinding, the kind of unpacking that allowed the mind to be freed from the day's work so as to pursue ideally greater things. Do you think that modernity is so utilitarian that this idea of leisure is such a foreign, that's why the idea of leisure is such a foreign concept to, to in today's world? Absolutely. So I just got off a retreat with uh, Father Gregory Pine for, for the Godsplaining podcast. We took 30 guys in the mountains in North Carolina. It was phenomenal. The Truffin family, if any of you know them, uh, were our hosts. They were fantastic so we, we used one of their summer camps as kind of our base and then we went out on day trips and the trips were not anything exhaustive nice hikes you know mm-hmm. um nothing totally totally burdensome i managed to pull them off so uh you know, <laughs> put a star on my chart there um but what did we do when we got to these places this was this was to me the most interesting thing uh adam truth and our guide right um led us out to these places where we were just going to as he said play where we, you know, we were going to get to the base of a waterfall and then just jump in and kind of mess around on the rocks and sit there and look at the falls. Mm-hmm. And we'd be in these spots for hours hmm. uh, at the end of the hike. And, you know, you, you, kind of, you kind of got a sense, the first day anyway, at, at the first stop, you got a sense that the guys were restless. They were, okay, like, right. what's the next thing? Yeah, what are we like, doing let's next? Let's move on, yeah. you know. But, but that was it. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. getting to the place to enjoy it and just be there and be there together to take in a beautiful view um, to converse about what we saw, for some of us to catch our breath, <laughs> for, uh, to you know do a little swimming, to you know see if you could get up and sit on that ledge that was kind of you know a couple feet out and on some slippery rock. Okay, you know just right. just to like explore a little bit and play around. That was it. That was the point. Mm-hmm. That was the whole reason we were on these tracks. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe even like lay down and take a nap. Just you know, relax. just like, dude, just chill out. And it sounds like the most bourgeois thing. You know, it just sounds like something that should be overthrown or denounced, uh-huh. uh, acknowledged as morally corrupt, but it's not. Right, like, this, could, this could lead to the collapse of society. Yeah, you exactly. realize that. <laughs> exactly, that's right. But, 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 but again, you know, to the contrary, this is the, the kind of thing that is essential for the restoration of a culture, to be able to, be able to sit and think to just sit in a chair and take in something outside instead of the television to not listen to 
a podcast, even a good one. <laughs> to, mm-hmm. I realize the irony of what I'm proposing here. <laughs> yeah, don't get me wrong. Uh, to, uh, to, to be free from email for right. even an hour or two. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that this has even just natural benefits. Uh, that, that nothing space, I think that's probably the same thing, you know, something that they call the shower effect. How sometimes you have your best ideas when you're just in the shower thinking of you're not thinking about anything and all of a sudden you just like I just had a great idea you know and so like cultivating that nothing box even just forget the like spiritual side of it just on a natural side I think that uh, there's something about men especially as you as you mentioned that it's just part of our nature and it needs to be cultivated just like all the parts of us right so yeah we're, we're gonna keep talking about this on, on the other side. side of the break Our book is no longer on pre-order. They are shipping two homes. So if you go to ascensionpress.com, you can search for our book, Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. There you can order your copy for eleven ninety-five. You can also check out our video that we had produced for Ascension Press. Our wives are the main feature. They did a phenomenal job. Go check it out, ascensionpress.com. You can order your copy today. Welcome back to the Catholic Command Show. Here with Father Patrick Briscoe, Dominion House of Studies, talking about leisure. It's interesting. Everybody talks about, obviously, uh, Peeper. We call him the Peepster here on the show. Uh, but here, you know, he's right after World War II. He's, he's about to write his book on leisure, the basis of culture. World War II in Germany. He's a German philosopher. Uh, the city is in ruins they're trying to figure out how to rebuild this culture that has just been annihilated basically leveled to the ground in mm-hmm. many aspects and they're all together trying to figure out okay what, what what's the most important thing how do we get infrastructure back up in place how do we get community built back up and he makes the case for the most important thing we need to do right now is leisure mm-hmm. which almost sounds like asinine, right? You need to get a brewery up in this piece. You know, like, I'll tell almost, you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that almost sounds crazy, right? And he, he got a lot of pushback for, the, for 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 even saying that. He said, "No, no, no. If we're going to build a culture, the thing that we need right now is leisure. If we're going to start over, yeah, we need leisure." Um, and then that obviously propelled him to writing "Leisure: The Basis of Culture," which is actually very similar to you know. Uh, there's some parallels here with even today, like we have, we're getting out of obviously COVID and all this other stuff. Like we're we're rebuilding a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and leisure. That's a good analogy, a good correlation. Yeah, I mean, not that I'm not saying they're the same, but yeah. yeah but yeah. Um, but anyway, analogies limp. Yeah. Right. It breaks down at some point, but uh, I'm just saying there's like I think even today, the need for for leisure is is of utmost importance. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and we see this um, with, I think, especially men who become dissatisfied in their marriages or with young young priests that aren't sure how to spend their time. Um, and all kinds of all kinds of evil things just just creep quietly in there when you're not pursuing when you're not pursuing the highest things. And leisure is what allows us to have the have the space to pursue the highest things. OK, so so. What do I think that guys should should hook onto? You know, where do I think we should land on this? 
Well, for one, I think we should all know classical music. We should know mm. it well. We should have opinions about whether or not we like Beethoven or Mahler or anyone else. Uh, nice. And okay. that takes that takes a, a real commitment um, to to listen um, to listen carefully to devote time to that. I don't to like Brahms. This kind of craft. I don't like him. Ah, see, okay, you already got some. Got great milkshakes, yeah, great milkshakes. <laughs> not not a fan of his, of his music. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and part of that is because um, part part of that is because of the nature of what classical music is, is that uh, classical music, as opposed to modern music, um, expands the moment. Um, some people are masters. of Wagner's ma- a master of this, d- despite some of his music being complicated for other moral reasons. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but like but but Wagner can take something right and just open a chord, and you feel like time is just being suspended as you listen to it. But but it takes a real commitment to decide. Okay, no, I'm go- I'm going to listen to some Wagner, and I'm going to figure out whether or not I like this, or I'm going to, or I don't know anything about classical music. Because all I've listened to uh, is country music because I like songs about broken trucks and dead dogs and women who've left me. And that's fine. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm you not can, raining you can on that. You still like those you know, things. Yes, you know those saying? things are excellent to like. I'm just suggesting, I'm simply suggesting that it's good for our culture to also like classical music. Yeah. And to have a, to have a return to, uh, to something before. Okay. So, and part of, again, part of the reason is that is that it expands time it kind of it opens us up but the quality of the music the timbre of it it has it has a way of relaxing us um it's more raw it's simpler which is why a lot of people don't like it um you know it doesn't have the kind of um intensity that that modern um that, that modern music has and so it so it requires a kind of familiarity to get comfortable mm. uh with with the tone and timbre of it so here's a practical way. If you're listening right now and you're like, I don't know anything about classical music. I'm the same way. I really don't know a lot about classical music, but here's what we decided to do as a family about a year and a half. Maybe, no, about three years ago because COVID threw us off time. Yeah, about three years ago, pre-COVID, we decided uh, that we would start buying vinyls. And I have a record player downstairs um, by the kitchen table. And as Haley is making dinner, I put on a classical vinyl to, to listen to and, and with the kids around, you know, that way they, they can, you know, be brought up and kind of understand a little bit better, especially better than I can. But that way I can at least say, oh, okay, I do know what Beethoven sounds like. I do know what Bach sounds like. I do know what Brahms sounds like. I, like in that way I can at least differentiate these mm-hmm. people um, and understand, like, what I like and what I don't like. So this is a practical way of just being able to, like, start. Yeah. Again, we don't know – I don't know very much about it, but at least I can – you know, you can start appreciating it and, and, and enjoy it. Yeah. If you don't like Mozart, you might be reprobate. <laughs> you might be. Might. So one thing that I did on this with this is also like three or four years ago, and I didn't stick with it for very long. I did it for a couple of months where I would pick a composer of the week when I went to work. And so like I would just, I wasn't sitting down and listening because I'm working, mm-hmm. but um, I would just have it on in the background and, you know, like on my Amazon Music just play all of uh, whoever, you know, what it was for that week. And that way I'd kind of get a feel of, because over that week, you know, you're going to hear the same songs over and over and over and over and over again, and you kind of get to know them a little bit, um, just so I could kind of decide who it is. Nice. Who is it that I even want to spend time with, Mm -hmm. 
you know, uh, so I'd give them a week just in the background. So then I could say, oh, I like these people, don't like these people. You know, now I know who am I going to like sit down and actually listen to. And you know what else I found is that um, classical music did something very similar to listening to chant, like Gregorian chant does not distract me. I find that when I play Gregorian chant at work, it act, I like have better focus. And I don't know why. Um, it, maybe it's just me. Is it the tones? I don't know. Uh, but when I have chant or classical music on, it doesn't distract me the way country music or um, other music does. Part of it is because there's no words. You know, nobody's, sure. sing, nobody's singing anything. But um, I actually find that it helps me do my work better. Hmm. Interesting. I think so. In in addition to that, and I kind of jumped on. I just accepted your premise, Adam. Um, Adam, and uh, I, I think that I would bold. underscore that's too. That's a it's a bold move. You know, like because because <laughs> I, because Peeper's right. Um, you know, I just agree. I agree with that. And I think we're in this kind of moment in, in our culture where where so many things are just being pulled apart. Our our political discourse is gone. You know, that's a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, to use no the technical doubt. term. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no. Um, it's like a dumpster fire at a like porta potty manufacturing place. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. Something. So, so you know, so so I'm going at this from from the perspective uh, of looking at like what is to be done. Well, coming to know music well, coming to know literature well, read, reading the great novels, um, right, are very important. I was just talking to a friend last night, um, debating about a, a couple things about Russian historical novels, and we were mm. kind of going back and forth on uh, what what's been written well that's been set in Russia recently and we came up with with a few titles uh, I defended the gentle, the la, uh, the gentleman in Moscow um a gentleman in Moscow I'm going to get the title correct that's the title of the book mm-hmm. by Amartels she hated that book um, <laughs> <laughs> but but I th- I actually thought it was pretty good because it's all about civility so so huh. the, the gentleman in Moscow is um the last uh, the last of uh, Russian society who's imprisoned by the soviets in a hotel in moscow and it's all about his experiences there and um so so he's extraordinary and there's a there's there's a lot of meat there uh, that would be great reflection on this show anyway so so the russian novel um and why why is literature like that so good well because it draws you out of the present moment and forces you to think about values uh, of a different place of a different time what a different life could look like and that's just restful to be drawn out of uh, the rhythm, the pace of life today. So, Father, for a lot of people, they're going to hear that and say, you know what, like, because it, it really, like, the idea of, like, oh, yes, I, I want to be a cultured cultured man. Like, I, I do want to know the classics. Pipe. Right, smoke, exactly. Right, like, 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 what guy, yeah. like, I, I want to yes. own several mm-hmm. wingback chairs, and I want to yes. be able to, like, oh, Excellent. you want to ask me about, uh, you know, like, yes, I'd love to discuss the Brothers Karamazov with you and, you know, tell you my thoughts. But for the, a lot of people, they're going to try to, like, do some of these things, and it's going to be uh, not restful for them. Like, I think a lot of people, there are appetites for leisure mm-hmm. have been, uh, you know, kind of just disordered um, because of just noise, distraction, television, you know, like the flashing lights constantly, you know, and then you slow down and you get this like, oh, read a book. You know, like I made it to two pages and I was going to freak out, you know, like I can't take this anymore. Uh, I had to check what time it was. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like have I been 30, two minutes. Um, so what can someone do? What do you like? Do you have any suggestions? Like 
if if you are that person, you come home and you turn the television on, um, just to like have it on. Um, how do how do you train yourself to actually get to where you can slow down um, and do some of these other things? That's right. Uh, one, don't turn the television on. Okay. Read John's in here, and then you won't do that. <laughs> when Adam was getting a dog recently, I told him, like, he was kind of like, I'm not sure if I want to get a dog. He's like, not getting a dog is easy. You just don't get a dog. Don't get a dog. <laughs> you just don't <laughs> get right. one. Okay? So it's like turning, not turning on the television. Same it's thing. like, you just don't, don't turn it on. Don't it's, watch Netflix. It's a brilliant it's idea. The, it's the worst thing you can do. Uh-huh. Really. Mm-hmm. Not, not because of the quality of the show, but because you're constantly... Uh, all of the impressions of all these things are constantly being being forced upon you uh, that, that that just distract the mind and make it impossible for you to focus well. And actually, no, I do want to say the content is important too to reflect on. Monsignor Shea, in his book From Christendom to Apostolic Mission, points this out and he says we're, we're just constantly imbibing things that we don't agree with fundamentally mm-hmm. in a casual way. And we have to resist that. True to I love Monsignor Shea. He's, he's, he's so awesome. awesome. He's so awesome. Okay, so when we get back, uh, I want to ask you about the relationship between festivity and leisure. So we're here with Father Patrick Briscoe. We'll be right back. We'll be festive. <laughs> Hey guys, as most of you know, we're going on a Catholic Man Show pilgrimage this year in September to Ireland with Father Sean Donovan as our chaplain celebrating the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass every single day. We're going to go to Our Lady of Knock Shrine. We're going to go to the best local pubs in Ireland. We're also going to go on some private distillery tours that only our pilgrimage is going to get to go on. Only the people who are going with us. The due date uh, to sign up is in just a few days. And we have just a few spots left. And we want you to come with us. Join us on a trip of a lifetime to Ireland. We go to Holy Sites. We try the best beer and the best whiskey in Ireland all together. It's going to be a blast. Join us. Go to thecatholicmanshow.com to find out more information. Welcome back to The Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan, Father Patrick Briscoe. We're talking about leisure and why it's important, why you should look for it. Typically, if you describe someone as a man of leisure, like, I'm not really sure that that's always a compliment, you know? (laughs) It's not if my mother says it. He's a a man of leisure. It's like, oh, you mean he's unemployed. (laughs) (laughs) But really, we should strive to be men Men of of leisure. leisure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, You know, especially... I feel like leisure is unavoidable uh, for in the religious life. You know, like your life is structured in a way, your prayer life. It's like you're gonna you're gonna get it. You're gonna get leisure. But for like someone who's raising a family, especially like okay, for like Adam and I, we're in a very chaotic season of life. Okay, (laughs) we both have number five. Not that you're not, but right, different chaos. Yes, no doubt. Uh, You have your own own brand of chaos, right? I mean, everybody does. But we both have number five on the way, and just let's go. Right, I mean, it's like, boom, boom. right. Uh, this is where it is. This is this is the good, <laughs> this is the good stuff in life, right here. But um, it's just it's like things are just crazy. We should we need to make sure we maintain it because we need a you know we set examples for our kids. They need to see these things. 
One one of the guys who came on retreat with us recently uh, said he he almost turned around and went went back home because his wife called him after he had been gone just a few hours. His wife called him crying, <laughs> and she mm. said the twins just took off their diapers and were rubbing poop over the walls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have those kind of stories. So I'm, I don't, I'm yeah, imagining I you know chaotic him. season of life. I'm imagining this kind of content. Yeah, yes. Is, oh. <laughs> Yep. Uh, I'm, we're not going to tell it, but Adam has a story like that. Yes. When he told me what happened, I I like locked up. I didn't. It's like, what did you do? <laughs> like, we I cut think, the sheetrock out yeah, and we put like, new sheetrock well, in. Is what we I did. went and got the kerosene <laughs> yeah. and we, I burned it we down. We sold the house <laughs> and moved. <laughs> we just left. We haven't been back. I don't yeah. know what happened to the yeah. house. Uh, so it's something about, so we're recording this actually uh, um, on the uh, on the feast of, of the Assumption, and I was reading in a awesome handbook of uh, Catholic culture. It's an old book. I forget Father it starts with the W. I can't remember his last name. Anyway, uh, in this book, he he lays out all of these different things that happen in Catholic culture for different uh, liturgical seasons. One thing they said was in Hungary, they would have a seven day fast leading up to the assumption with a three day feast. Mm, okay. Uh, and so my question is for you, father is, is the reason why we're not good at leisure because we're not good at fasting? Oh, that's interesting. I think they're definitely connected. I will say this. I didn't know how festivity worked until I became a Dominican. Hmm. Uh, that my experience of life in the order, uh, especially the liturgical life, was so pronounced, so incredible, so beautiful, that I realized all that I had tasted before was was just a shadow of the reality of how things are really done. You're Plato in the cave. Uh, exactly. Now, I, I don't mean to be uh, disedifying here to anyone, but the best holiday at the Dominican House of Studies is Thanksgiving. Mm. No church. Mm. <laughs> that's a little, you know, that's a little mm. bit, that's a little bit tough. But, but <laughs> no, but the, po- the point is the holidays at the Dominican House of Studies are amazing. They're right? just phenomenal. Yeah. They're absolutely yeah. incredible. All of them. Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, those are the big ones. The brothers cook uh, and prepare just these incredible meals that are very well planned. Everything's carefully crafted. The liturgies those days are extraordinary. So, so you just get fantastic uh, experiences of prayer, really wonderful preaching, beautiful choral music. Our director right now, Father Michael O'Connor, is amazing. He's the uh, compiler of the St. Michael hymnal. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's our choir master at the House of Studies, a really talented man, really incredible, accomplished organist. So the feast days are just, you know, level 12 on a 10 I do love that. Scale, yeah. You know, they're, they're incredible. And um, part of the reason why they're so beautiful is that life at the Dominican House of Studies is tough. It's a grind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's nowhere near what our forebears would do because we're, we don't break sleep like Dominicans right, of right. old can used you, can, to. I can't even uh, imagine the night office. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it would just be impossible to it's keep like, up no, with everything. No wonder like average life expectancy was 35 or <laughs> something. St. <laughs> Dominic died of exhaustion. Right, you know, exactly. Like he, he act, the man actually worked himself to death, right. um, which is extraordinary. But um, To be admired, not imitated. Yeah, exactly. That's right. But... But the rigor of life in the house and the, the programming, the pace at which life moves, is part of what makes the feast days so enjoyable. Yeah, you know, you get a little bit of extra time to sleep in, 
The liturgies are longer, but they move at a slower pace. Dinner is not dinner at the House of Studies is like an assembly line. You know, you just sort of walk by and someone shoves something in and then you're on to the next thing. Like you're in prison or something. (laughs) (laughs) So so it's it's functional as opposed to the meals on the feast days, which are intended to be to be enjoyed. You're intended to linger at table. Oftentimes afterwards we go outside, you sit around a fire or you move down to the rec room. Typically on Thanksgiving, there's the after Thanksgiving meal movie. Ah. You know, usually something like Die Hard. Die Hard, right. (laughs) (laughs) What the boys are up to. Um, So so there so there 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 are all of these um, all of these moments for 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 just rest that don't exist in our daily life. So to answer your question directly. Why is it that we're bad at leisure? It's because we're, we're, uh, I do agree with the point that we're also bad at discipline. And so there's very little distinction between when we're actually relaxing and recovering and recouping and uh, doing something serious to preserve the nature of Western culture, like bothering to learn extraordinary classical music. Um, There's very little difference between that and all of the rest of our life. Everything is just kind of a Starbucks drive-through line. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I look at my own life, I realize that uh, I didn't know how to feast because I basically do that every day. Mm. You know? Right. Um, well, yeah, this is America. I, I mean, I right. the most prosperous country in the world. Like yeah, ever breakfast. in the history of humanity. Like, you know, you can have whatever you want. Could mm-hmm. I fit a, another bite in? It's like, this is just breakfast on Tuesday. It's like, well, maybe I'll try half another bite. I think I have some space down here still. <laughs> Need my energy, right? You know, uh, so like, we just feast. We we eat until we are full at every meal, um, and and I don't think that's. And if we don't do that, we think we're fasting, right? Like the idea of like two small meals that when added together don't equal one meal, and then one regular meal. Like that is not fasting. <laughs> yeah. You're not. You're like not even hungry when you do that. You know, like. Uh, th- so th- it's just totally wrong. And when, like in my own self, I just self-reflection. The stuff that's wrong with me is always my appetites. My appetites for this or that or whatever. Uh, like that's always where I get into trouble. You know. So like I could just go into the confessional every time and be like, my appetites. <laughs> all <laughs> of them. Raspel, all, all of them. them basically, all of them. basically <laughs> all the time. You know. Uh, so like that gets me into trouble. I don't ever fast, you know, like the best Easter I've ever had is after doing Exodus 90, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just because that you actually have to that warm, that put first up with warm stuff. shower. Oh, right. like I remember this. <laughs> yeah. Like the best two hours you know, of my like, life. You've been in there for like an hour and a half. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know this water is so awesome. Right. When we run out, I just run over to the neighbors, yeah. you know, like um, I need to take a shower. I'll explain later. But, uh, you know, I, I, I do think that we just need to examine, uh, you know, our appetites in general, you know, because um, feasting, if you feast every day, mm-hmm. then how do you even do it? Because I wonder when I hear things like a three day feast, that sounds like, oh, I couldn't do that. You know, it's like Thanksgiving three days in a row. I mean, that's not good. We have a friar in the province that's a bishop in the Solomon Islands, and recently mm. his diocese celebrated a big anniversary. Um, well, this was a year or two ago, but recently in the grand scheme of things. Anyway, so so they celebrated a big anniversary. 
So people came from all over, you know, traveled by boat for days to arrive at the sea, to arrive, to arrive uh, where the bishop was, where the feast would be. And then they had a five-day-long celebration featuring presentations of newly composed music, of skits, of dances, and then all of the food that had been prepared that they brought for this, again, gigantic celebration. Uh, to think of the work that would have gone into that, you know, everything that you would have sacrificed beforehand to make that sure, possible yeah. is, is really remarkable. That yeah. would have been awesome. Like, we don't like setting up chairs in the church hall. No. And, so, and, and certainly these not. Have, that's and part these people, these people is, battled canoes for days. You know, certainly we don't put the chairs meeting. away. I mean, yeah. it's like, well, there's, a, there's a maintenance guy for that. Yeah. Right. Please. We have a staff. What's Fred doing? You know? so, so I do think, though, so again, I think it goes back to uh, if we are feasting all the time, you don't have the enjoyment of, you know, if you've been, uh, if you've been drinking beer every day, that beer does not taste good you know or, or as good if you have been fasting for 90 days on exodus 90 and you crack open that first beer that is a joy like that is a leisurely <laughs> beer that is a delicious yeah, yeah. beer yeah um so I, even I if do, it's a coarse banquet yeah like, it doesn't matter what kind it is you know, it doesn't matter it's like it's not water uh so it's awesome you know um but so i do think that our appetites like we we you know indulge in our appetites so much that we dull um, our senses to the point of we we can't enjoy things for it for their goodness. Undoubtedly, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's like this is a, a problem that wasn't didn't have to be faced in the past. Like fifty years ago, yeah, we have the a, burden of approx- abundance approximately. Here. Like you couldn't you couldn't find Cheetos every no matter where you went. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you had to go to a special store to get Cheetos, and it's like. You know, you just bought what you could carry. Now Jeff Bezos will deliver them to you. Right, exactly. Exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah. So if you're listening to Catholic Radio right now, uh, go check us out on the podcast, thecatholicmanshow.com. We're going to continue this conversation with Father Briscoe for just a few more minutes. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. We do have our own three day feast. It's called the campout. The Catholic Mancho yeah. campout. Yeah, we do, yes. don't we? We do, yeah. Uh, back, by the way, we need to start talking about that because I've been getting a lot of emails. So, uh, when is the campout? October 6th through the 9th this year. Yeah, so that weekend, sorry. Oh, man. That's a bummer. Ha- have you ever heard of Clear Creek Abbey? I have. So I know the abbot. Oh, you know Father, Father Philip? Who doesn't? Yeah. Okay, fair, fair enough. He's a great man. Yeah, he's he, awesome. is, he is awesome. He, uh, what well, kind of man do you think I am? <laughs> that, I that I wouldn't know the habit of clear. Obviously, I know these guys. These Please. are my circle. These are my people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a real religious. <laughs> yeah. How dare you? So, <laughs> how dare you? Number one, how dare you? Who do you think you are? Yeah. So uh, every year we have a Catholic Mancho campout that we have at Clear Creek Abbey. Uh, and last year we had, I think, uh, 14 states represented. The furthest one was Alaska. We have about 60 guys that show up. Alaska to Florida. Alaska to Florida. Yeah, I think last year. So, um, and it's a basically four days of camping and praying with the monks and eating with the monks. And uh, we do, um, and we always have the horseshoes and, and cornhole, but then we also have a forge. And grenades. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have we a have, forge. We have a forge. A guy comes out and, and shows us how to like forge metal and uh, the two man saw like wood saw 
Have you ever cross, done that before? Cross, cross, cross yeah, I was like trying to figure out what. It, yeah, cross cut saw. Axe throwing. Axe throwing. Yeah, so we have all these things. Um, anyway, October sixth to the ninth is when it is. And we're going to open it up for registration. Last year, three hours sold out. Wow. So, only patrons only were the yeah basically only, just yeah. our patrons filled it up. Yeah. Awesome. So it is. It's a great. It's an awesome event. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I, I do have so I have a lot of questions. I know we're limited on time. I'd like to do a three-hour session with you on this topic because <laughs> um, I have a lot. Uh, I I love this topic as well. Uh, I'll, shout out also to Father Aquinas uh, because he wrote a paper. I think in in Nova Verita. I can't remember where it was, but he did a a, a paper on prudence in the ratio, relationship of prudence and leisure. Um, oh, it nice. is really really good. Oh, that that's interesting. Yeah, I mean. Um, it was really good. Um, so hmm. shout out to him, uh, who's been on our show as well. And, yeah. Um, have you met him? You know, I've heard of the prior of my community. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you, at the very beginning, we talked about how leisure, like, uh, orients us towards contemplation or orients us to, you know, rest when we're resting in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think if you're, you know, this is a new concept I think a lot of times, like Dave said it earlier, you, you can fall into the trap of resting so that you can work again. Right. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe you can talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. I think one of the things that we have to come to terms with is that this is its own delight. Leisure is its own reward. Um, there was a cigar show that I would listen to some years ago, hosted by Cigar Dave. And one of the things that oh, my new aspiration <laughs> and one of the things to become c- cigar day. Well, you see just how corrupt I am. You know? like, <laughs> I, I'm revealing a lot to you on the Catholic <laughs> But uh, one of the things that he would always say was he would ask, um, "How do you know that you're done enjoying a cigar when you stop enjoying it? When you stop enjoying it? That was his point. Smoke right. as much of it as you want because whatever it is that you're getting out of it is yeah. what you're getting out of it. Like." Like you, 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 you just smoke a cigar for the sake of smoking it, right? And I think that there are many things you in don't life inhale that your cigars. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> God, you have to be a man. To I just thought that. of like I just thought of like seven things that I'm not willing to say <laughs> while being recorded. But, well, but, I don't want to throw up all day, so yeah. no. I don't. <laughs> so. Uh, so uh, that, well, that's good. Yeah, we'll go with that one. Um, so, so I, so I think there's a there's an importance here, you know, that we that we can look at with the phrase "virtue is its own reward," um, that leisure leisure is its own reward. We mm-hmm. can pursue leisure as an end in itself, and and recognize that we've not distorted something. And again, the reason I think that this is important to speak to is because it's very tempting when guys have an experience of a conversion or they want to live the religious life, they want to live their faith intently, they want to live a, a life that's that's marked by by their religious fervor. Uh, they, they get so intense that they become brittle. And we, we have to resist that. Mm. And so, so we have to insist that leisure is not soft. You know, this is not, again, something for limp-wristed uh, yahoos, that, 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 this is, that this is important, that this matters, that this does something integral to our soul because of the kind of thing that a human being is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, like, try to build a building out of pottery. It's very hard. Uh, but the reason steel is so strong is because it flexes. You know, it bends. Right. Uh, What's the highest form of leisure? Ooh, that's a great question. The highest form of leisure. What would I say? 
Um, yeah, I would say, uh, I would say just that that kind of restful thinking where you're where you're not in contemplate. You know, it's not like a dedicated prayer state, so it's not contemplation. But but you know, I I could picture it, right? I could describe it. You're on a porch in a rocking chair. It's not Tulsa in August, so it's not 103 <laughs> degrees out yeah. at 9:30 at night. Um, <laughs> so I go, you know, the the, we- <laughs> the weather is damn yeah, maybe April. Uh, yeah. <laughs> April 12th through the 16th. It's beautiful. Nice. Yeah. beautiful here in Tulsa. <laughs> Gorgeous. Yeah, okay. I'll plan my next trip yeah, out exactly. for, that, yeah. for those three days. <laughs> Gorgeous. Um, so, 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 you, so, so you hit that moment where, um, yeah, where, 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 you, where you've got that scene. Um, I, I think that's it, where, where you're drawn. Because ultimately what you're looking for in leisure is to be drawn outside of yourself in the movement towards the other. That's what mm-hmm. leisure does, is that, it, is that it allows the walls that we build around our hearts, around our lives, the false structures we construe uh, to collapse. Leisure, leisure allows those to, to be broken for a moment uh, so that we can see our life from a different perspective. Yeah, I think that there are some uh, like ingredients for good leisure. You don't have to have all of them, uh, but magnificence is... Uh, and I don't mean like the virtue of magnificence where you're giving away money, but uh, like a sunset or a landscape or an environment, um, another person, you know, like these things are all good ingredients for good leisure. Um, like some of the best leisure moments I've had have been on my back porch, smoking a cigar or a pipe, a good glass of whiskey, watching just a gorgeous sunset. Right, and it just there's just something about putting yourself uh, leisure. I think is also receptive, right? That you're kind of surrendering to it a little bit. That you're like letting it happen to you, not that I'm like doing it. Because if you think that I'm gonna go and like leisure right. hard, I'm gonna leisure hard <laughs> today. We're gonna leisure so hard, <laughs> right? Like the mostly, right? exactly. <laughs> like that just becomes you're just like working now, and you're it's like you're missing it. Okay, you gotta like you gotta receive the leisure, um, so which is difficult for men, right? Just receiving in general right. is not an, right. not a natural thing, right? Yeah, and and this is the point. I mean, I want to circle back to something that that you brought up. You say like, in in my life, I have four kids, one on the way. My life has a certain shape to it. It's mm-hmm. mostly chaos. That's why you have to dig into this point and say, no, leisure leisure is actually essential and I have to make yeah. room for this. So, Jennifer, I love you, but, but I'm going to take right. some time. And I'm going to make time in my life so that you can do so as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's the, the kicker. That's the kicker right yeah. there. <laughs> so uh, the relationship of holy friendship with holy leisure. Yeah, What's good. Your- I think very essential. Absolutely. You know, and, and and David was getting to that a little bit, right, where he suggested another person, right? Because pe- people can orient us. Um, the most relaxed I am is when I'm with my classmates from the novitiate. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the best friends I have ever You've had. been through stuff with them. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, our novice master is a great man and an expert in psychological warfare. <laughs> <laughs> you know, good friend, just, good friend to have. Just, <laughs> just, you know, he's just really incredible that way. Yeah, I think part of it's because he's from Boston. And there's, <laughs> there's certain things about that city and being Irish um, that, that make you a certain way. Um, so, so, yeah, he had all of them. Um, 
Yeah. So, uh, but 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 when you're with people that that you've known that you have so much history with, it's so easy to to be at rest with them. Uh, so good. So good friendships are are certainly one of the causal agents. They're certainly part of what makes it possible to be at peace, right? Because if you're just meeting someone, you're trying to feel them out, and you're like, okay. Do I talk about the president with this guy? Right. No. Not that. Maybe abortion. Maybe that's good. That'll be good. Um, yeah. Good. Weed uh, out this friendship real quick. Like. <laughs> so, so instead of having to, having to test the waters, you know, with, with true friends, um, you, you can just sit. Um, I went uh, over the summer. Um, one of my classmates um, lost his father. It was a, a very, very sad death. Um, so a couple of the guys and I got in the car and we're driving to the funeral mass and we were driving a while, you know, it was one of those like eight hour car rides and we hit, you know, hour six and there's nothing else to say, mm-hmm. you know, we're caught up. So we're just in the car, you know, bopping along together. No music on. Mm-hmm. It was fine. We got to great, that, that actually the square of nothingness. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, and you just hit it all at the same time. It's like, oh, right, this is OK. We're still in Pennsylvania on the toll road. But yeah, <laughs> but this is you know this is this is a good place to be, and and re- real friendships. Um, people experience this in in romantic relationships too. Real friendships hit a point where nothing has to be said because you can enjoy whatever it is that you're doing, even if it's the Pennsylvania Turnpike together. Mm-hmm. Which th- this is adoration, right? This is wa- just like being able to waste time with the other, right? So yeah. you you go into adoration, you're just sitting there and being with our Lord. You're just spending time with him and just like just yeah. uh, you know in in your marriage when you get to a certain point where you can go have dinner with one another and you actually don't really have to say much but you're just enjoying being together in their presence exactly and that's why but that's why leisure is so important and cultivating as a habit because uh, you know as you're as you're saying it just leads right into you know the these um, the important disposition we need the essential disposition we need for prayer mm-hmm Okay, yeah. so I have to confess, like when I go to adoration, I still have this temptation, of which I succumb to a lot, of like, oh, I'm gonna like do this, do this. The I'm like in, filling up I'm my my hour of adoration, right? Then, exactly, you know, like, and then I'm gonna do this, and then I could do this, and then this, and then the hour yeah, is over. Sixty minutes, yeah. right? Exactly, like that. I can fill up that, and then I get fifteen minutes, right? Exactly, you know, instead of like letting myself, uh just be, be there or be like, with him just or or sometimes be. i'll find myself thinking oh you know like pray the ro- i'm gonna pray the rosary but you know i'm not gonna like pray it too slow because then i won't have time, time to, to do other things i won't have time to read my book right you know but i have had some moments where it's like no i'm just gonna sit here i'm gonna i'm gonna pray this this is gonna be the slowest rosary i've ever prayed i'm just gonna like Mm. What else am I gonna do? Like, I don't have to read the yeah, book. Right. The book I'm reading sucks anyway. You know, like, <laughs> how dare you, Father Gregory Pine wrote that book. <laughs> it's a great book. The Prudence book is awesome. Uh, okay, so let me ask you. This, let me ask you this because we got to wrap up. But um, what? So what would Sunday look like? What would you advise Sunday look like for a Catholic man with a family? This is the day of leisure, right? This is the day of rest. God instituted the seventh day to be the day of rest. And do you know how to get a five-year-old girl to put on a dress in less than 20 minutes? <laughs> Does she like bourbon? <laughs> uh, you know what? We don't know yet. I haven't tried that, actually. <laughs> 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 
Uh, I'm full of great ideas. Yeah. I'm going to tell my wife. I'm like, Pamela, look, a priest told me about this the, idea. The Dominican told us to he's do this. And he's a Dominican. Yeah. So. Um, no, so so I think what is what is Sunday? What is Sunday for? I think Sunday ultimately is for that kind of restful play for, you know, you go to mass and then you hang out at the playground that's at your church because there's a parish school there. You let your kids play there. You stop by, you know, if you're in New England, you stop by Dunkin' Donuts on the way home and everybody gets an iced coffee. You make sure the kids' iced coffees are decaf because you don't hate yourself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you go home. What is there to be done? Nothing. You go outside. Play baseball. Uh, sure, if you like America. If you yeah. don't, then maybe not. Then yeah. soccer. <laughs> Foot. What are you, British? Break. <laughs> Break. <laughs> Sorry, um, Juan. Sorry, Juan. Sorry, Juan. Uh, poor Juan. <laughs> I forgive you. <laughs> People didn't know that you were British. <laughs> <laughs> the mustache. Very tan. It's a very tan British man over here. Yeah. No, but I think a day, a day that really is built around the family and doing something together as, as a family is excellent. Um, playing a game, hanging out, you know, just making the rule, okay, everybody's going to be in the backyard for an hour. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to be in the Whether backyard. you like it or not. That's right. And uh, you can't go inside. It's 110 degrees outside, Dad. Rules are rules. Because it's Tulsa. Also, no water. Rules are rules. Oh, no. I'm not going outside. <laughs> yeah, so I, I agree. So I think the, the important thing is that Sundays look different. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So Sundays should be a different vibe, a different you know way of of. of uh, orchestrating your family, right? So, like, you have Holy Mass in the morning, mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, or whenever you go. And then uh, after that, you have, maybe you, you have a, a long brunch or a long a long lunch. I don't know. Or, you know, and then, it, but it should not involve, you know, uh, work. It should not involve, like, okay, this is another day for me to get ahead or we're catch up. We're not painting a bathroom. We're not, pa- yeah, we're not doing right. uh we're, know, cer- we're certainly not actually, like, going, like, to work. I mean, if, if, you, can, if you can avoid it. Some people have to work on Sundays, but if you can avoid it, you shouldn't be doing your job on Sunday. Yeah. You know, th- so that's the idea, right? It's like, you, this is not another day to get caught up on the to-do list, but this is the day to spend time with family, to ha- to enjoy the highest leisures of of contemplation in the Holy Mass, you know, and in uh, conversations with your family. Um, you, I will know. say, Adam, the exception to this is if you happen to be painting the siding, of your house and your kids love painting siding <laughs> family activity we're, we're all gonna all paint the siding <laughs> guys we're gonna have so much fun today yeah you know what you're gonna do you can take this paint i want you to just cover this wall literally but yeah, you know, like in our house we make sure on sundays to talk about like okay why we talk about sunday is different and you know we say things like oh we're gonna do this because sunday is the best day Right. You know, like Sunday is, it is the best day. Like, yes, we, uh, we're definitely having dessert on Sunday. Why? Because it's Sunday. We're going to the good park today. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. The big, the slide. big slide. Big slide. Yeah. Yep. Big slide. Yep. Yes. Yep. You know, like, you, you want candy between lunch and dinner? It's Sunday. <laughs> we're going to do it. Bring dad two In pieces. In fact, yep. you know, dinner is just candy. <laughs> <laughs> There's only candy. Yeah. You know why? Because Jesus steak. loves you. That is why. <laughs> You know, for for Easter, the Easter week, we do dessert after breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You do? Yeah. Wow, that is Viva. commitment. All week, I yeah. Love it. <laughs> I'm coming. I want. I'm coming over. Yeah. So sometimes I'm like, 
the kids are like already had their breakfast. I was like, here's a cake. And they're like, I'm kind of full. You eat your cake. What a, <laughs> it's Easter, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Rookie you mistake. You think Jesus rose from the dead so you could ignore your cake? <laughs> you know there are starving people in India. Uh, so, okay, uh, Father, we, we, we have run out of time. I don't want to get into more trouble than what we already go, are already going to be. So much trouble, dude. Um, how can people find out more about the Dominicans or what you are doing, any work that you are doing you're also the editor of a very large catholic uh publication um, yeah check us out over at aletea that's a-l-e-t-e-i-a dot org that's the greek word for truth david thank you for asking um, uh org. i do have the best questions <laughs> so we uh over there at aletea we work to uh to publish the truth we're faithful to the tradition um we bring News from the Vatican. We we have a Vatican Press desk, which is a, a very precious thing, a privileged thing. Um, so so we have a, the latest Catholic news um, and inspiring stories to illuminate your faith life over there. So that's my day job. I'm the editor there. Um, f- check out God's Planning, the Dominican Friars podcast, which gets a little bit better every time you listen to it. We're all, we almost know what we're doing. Um, so you can find us at godsplanning.org. Um, follow us on the YouTube's. The That's YouTube, very yeah. good, apparently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, dudes like YouTube. I like YouTube. I also like YouTube. <laughs> it's excellent. It's the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and then otherwise, uh, follow me on uh, Twitter, which yeah, I like great a follow. lot. Already do it. Patrick Mario P. Yeah. Awesome. Father, uh, thank you so much for, for joining us, for carving out some time to hang out with us in your quick trip to Tulsa, but we're grateful to have you and great to host uh, you yep. here in, in Tulsa. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Cheers. Hi, this is Bishop David Condorla of the Diocese of Tulsa in Oklahoma. So let us pray. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired with this confidence, I fly to thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen.